0: Can the Denver Broncos and Russell Wilson dethrone the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC West to reclaim something they had once long ago? You're going to get that and much more on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are Locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team,
1: every day.
0: What's happening, Broncos Country? Welcome into a brand new episode of Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just want to say thank you so much to everybody in Broncos Country. Thank you for tuning in, making Locked On Broncos your first listen of the day every single day. Make sure you subscribe or you follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast so you never miss out on an episode as soon as as it's available. And this episode today is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash on today to get started. I'm your host, as always, Cody Roark, credential Broncos reporter for Mile High Sports. Joined alongside, as always, by my co-host, Sarah Bettinger. He's the site expert over there, predominantlyorange.com. And Sarah, I tell you what, as we look back on the NFL schedule release just about two weeks ago, it's nice being able to, Get away from the immediate reaction, right? Because we're we're waiting for the buildup to minicamp. But when you look at the schedule and you look at the divisions that ever's going to play, we're going to cover all that this week here on the show, as well as minicamp as the Broncos are back on the field this week. We're excited about that. But looking at the AFC West in particular, and can Denver get back? Can they reclaim what was previously theirs? And that is the AFC West crown. And look, if you ask anybody, probably nine out of 10 people are going to say, no, they cannot do it. I think that we can challenge that narrative a little bit here, despite what recent memory has shown us, my friend. And so first off, we're going to look at the Kansas City Chiefs, the top dog in AFC West, the defending Super Bowl champions and the Denver Broncos defeat Kansas City this upcoming season.
1: Well, they can, right? I think they can. I mean, they've shown us over the last handful of years, and of course there's no moral victories, but I think they've shown that they can compete with Kansas City, even in a 27, was it 27 to nothing deficit there? That first matchup that they almost came back from before Russell Wilson had a concussion. Of course, the game in Arrowhead when I I remember Cody, I went on a Kansas City Chiefs podcast. They laughed at me when I said, I think the Broncos are gonna play pretty well this weekend with Jerry Rosberg, the interim head coach taking over. And they thought that was pretty funny. And then the Broncos came out and actually gave the Chiefs a really good game that week. So, but of course, it's it's not about almost in the NFL, is it? It's about getting the job done, finding your way to get over the hump like 2018, getting that pat completing that pass to Demarius Thomas from Case Keenum that would have won the game against the Chiefs. Uh, the, the first game of Pat Mahomes' career, Cody, the, the streak could have been over right there. Broncos came close to winning that game as well. And, of course, last year, two very close games. The game with K.J. Hamler, the, the pass that just slipped out of his fingertips a couple years back. You think back to all these almost games for the Denver Broncos, and it typically comes down to what? It comes down to the Kansas City Chiefs getting the ball to bounce their way, a time or two throughout the game, unless, of course, they're just kicking the Broncos butt, which has been the case at least part (laughs) of the time. So I do think the Broncos can beat the Chiefs this year, Cody. They play them twice in a matter of three weeks. It's going to be very interesting to see how they handle that and what the first matchup dictates as far as that second game just a couple weeks later.
0: I mean, they're going to play, first off, week six, Thursday night football. So you're going to have a short week turnaround from week five against the New York Jets. And then you got to go take on the Kansas City Chiefs. In primetime action, then, you know, you have a week where you play the Green Bay Packers, then guess what? You get a host the Kansas City Chiefs here once again, which, as we talked about when the initial schedule release happened for all the everyday listeners of the show, if you missed the schedule release reaction, make sure you go back and you check that out. It's available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. But we talked about it like, hey, this is a little odd because usually we've seen Denver face Kansas City toward the end of the year and all the other AFC West teams in the beginning of the year. It's a little bit of a switch up here in 2023. And as Sean Payton said, you know, he looked at the schedule and it wasn't like unremarkable or anything like that. He just said, you know, hey, looked at it and it's like, all right, we're figuring out what's the logistics. What is travel going to look like? Is it a primetime game? What might the week look like? And, you know, those are the first things he thought of as a coach. But, you know, I think you and I both expressed our concern. It's crucial that you get to play Kansas City early, right? Because they're big games. You're going to play three AFC West divisional games in the first half of the season and two of them are against the defending. Uh, Super Bowl champions and the people who've owned the AFC West since the Broncos last held the crown in 2015. So it is big. It is crucial. Let's go back to last year, though, real quick. What was the difference in game number one? Well, obviously the 27 nothing deficit. There was a pick six that happened there, unfortunately, and then the Russell Wilson injury. We always ask the question: If Russ didn't get hurt, I mean, does maybe Denver come back and maybe win that game? There was momentum building. Josie Jewel had two interceptions for crying out loud there. And unfortunately, Denver, you know, Brett Rippin threw an interception late in the game there. Denver had a chance to do it. But one thing that the Broncos have shown, Sarah, that I think people need to stop overlooking. Denver can't compete with Kansas City. They've just got to find a way to finish. They've got to find a way to avoid those little mistakes that have impacted them in prior matchups. And then you look at that second game. We talked about the offensive pass interference call on in Cortland Sutton. It was suspect. But then Denver also had a chance to go win that game. They were driving downfield. And then there was that fourth down play where Russell Wilson gets suplexed by Chris Jones. And all of a sudden it's like, does that not even count? Like what's going on there? Like that should have been a penalty. It wasn't, unfortunately would have, could have, should have, you know what? Last year is over, but hopefully this year, Denver's like, you know what? We've shown we can compete with these guys. Let's take it to them. And I think that's the biggest hope. But the question is where will Sean Payton's offense be? Where will Russell Wilson be when these guys play in this particular matchup? To me, that's a huge question for week six and week eight.
1: Well, and I think it's really beneficial to the Broncos that they'll have a month plus to really get that offense, you know, underneath their feet, really get in the the groove, right? They'll be having a month of the season to kind of get into things and to get comfortable with things and, you know, to get comfortable with the timing, the play calls, how Sean Payton likes to call games. It's kind of nice that the Broncos don't play Kansas City week one as opposed to a team like Las Vegas, right? Because you have the opportunity now to really get after it and get acclimated to that offense. And I think it, it's interesting to me that, I mean, the Chiefs, of course, their winning streak against the Broncos is is awesome from their perspective, right? They're dominating a division rival. And I've had conversations with some Chiefs fans who are like, this is what it was like in the 90s, you know, when John Elway was playing. So I don't want to hear about it. And I, I can understand that <laughs> and I get it. But I think if you look at last year's Denver Broncos team, how dysfunctional that team was in terms of What offense are we running this week? What players are even playing this week? Because everybody's injured. The fact that they were able to hang with Kansas City in that I know, again, there's no moral victories, but you look at kind of, uh, I remember when George Payton inherited the team as general manager, he said, I think this team's a sleeping giant. I think the Broncos are just waiting for that one. It's like a a chemistry experiment, right? You're waiting for this thing to bubble over and explode, but it's like you keep adding these ingredients and, and it's not exploding. It's not bubbling over. I think Sean Payton's the one that's going to get this chemistry experiment to kind of bubble over and explode, right? At least when it comes to Kansas City and ending this losing streak that's been ongoing since week two of that 2015 season. Oh, man, what
0: a long time it has been. I mean, I wasn't even in the sports media realm at that point. I was coaching. I was still playing football, there back when the Broncos last beat the Chiefs with Bradley Roby returning that touchdown. Right before the end of the game, that's such a fun moment uh, for Broncos country. And then you know the Chiefs took it; they got Peyton Manning benched, and that was the start of their legacy there. Uh, but yeah, Denver has shown that they can compete with Kansas City. You have a chance to, you know, within two or three weeks of each other to maybe upset them. And and you know what? Like catch them early, right? Because how many times have the Chiefs kind of midway point of the season or like toward the end of the first half of the season they run into some issues, and everyone in the national media goes, "Okay, are the Chiefs finally done?" Can Denver catch them in one of those moments? We'll see how things go there. But obviously, Broncos country, your feedback, your thoughts on the subject are very, very important. So, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you comment down below in the YouTube comment section, interact with other members of Broncos country. If you're listening wherever you get your podcast, you can always tweet us on Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL, at Sir Bedinger, at Locked Broncos. But while the Chiefs have been a bully on the playground for the Denver Broncos, so have the Las Vegas Raiders. Can Denver finally right the ship against the Raiders this upcoming season? You're going to get that on today's episode. Locked on Broncos. This episode of the show is brought to you by our friends over there at FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. You've got the Western Conference Finals, the Eastern Conference Finals ongoing, and FanDuel is the place to be. There's no better place to bet all the playoff action than America's number one sportsbook. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and getting no sweat first bet up to one. Thousand dollars. That's FanDuel.com/slash locked on FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the
1: NBA. Well, the Denver Broncos have a couple of streaks to end here in the 2023 season. Not just a streak going back to 2015 against the Kansas City Chiefs, but a streak that goes back almost just as far against the Las Vegas Raiders. And of course, back then they were still the Oakland Raiders. But Cody, the Broncos have struggled against the Raiders dating back to almost the exact same time they started struggling against the Kansas City Chiefs. They opened the season at home against Las Vegas, against Josh McDaniels, Jimmy Garoppolo, now no more Derek Carr, but you still got Devontae Adams. you still got Josh Jacobs, a couple of Bronco killers from last year. How is this first matchup going to go? Do you think the Broncos can figure out this issue that they've been having against the Las Vegas Raiders, starting off with that home matchup in week one? I mean, it's going to be a tough one, right? Because it's a
0: tone setter. You start your season against the Las Vegas Raiders. You end your season against the Las Vegas Raiders. How you start the season is important. How you end the season is important. And look, you mentioned it. Jimmy G's now the quarterback there. Devontae Adams is still a problem. The way that I think we all, anybody with logic looks at it, the series between he and Patrick Sertan, it's tied 1-1 right now. And their third matchup is going to come to open up the season. How might Denver deal with that? There's no Darren Waller anymore in Vegas, but they also have some other guys that they've added across the board. You got to worry about Tyree Wilson, you know, their first round draft pick that they had in this year's NFL draft. But for me, I think the biggest thing where Denver has struggled against the Raiders, it's been stopping the run. Josh Jacobs went absolutely crazy last season against Denver. He's really kind of been, besides Patrick Mahomes, he's been the boogeyman to the Denver Broncos. He's had moments where Denver contains him, and then he runs through a tackle for a big gain, and all of a sudden it deflates the entire, you know, I, I don't want to say energy on the defense, but and he has just absolutely hounded the Broncos, averaging nearly 5.2 yards per carry last season against them. Denver is going to have to find a way to slow him down. Now, right now, as we are recording this show, yeah, he was franchise tagged this offseason, has not signed his franchise tag tender. We'll see if he plays on the tag. We'll see if he decides to sit out the season if he doesn't sign it at any point or receive an extension. But if he is playing, is a huge challenge, not only him, but also Devontae Adams. You still have Hunter Renfro in the mix as well. I mean, the game against the Raiders this season to open up for Denver, it is going to be monumental because not only are you playing an AFC West division rival, not only do you have questions about Russell Wilson, can he turn things around here in 2023? I know for the everydayers out there on Friday's episode, that's what we talked about last week. So if you missed that, make sure you go check it out. But the biggest thing here, Sarah, this is Sean Payton's first official Real game that counts in the NFL as the head coach of the Denver Broncos. That right there makes it even bigger.
1: It does, Cody. And I love that pressure, too, for Sean Payton to come out against a division rival, right? A division rival that I'm looking this up here, Cody, last 10 years against the Raiders. Okay, we're looking at the last six matchups, six straight losses. The most recent victory for the Denver Broncos against the Raiders was a 16-15 to 15 win at the end of the 2019 season uh, in Shelby Denver. Harris. Shelby Harris game, right? That tip on the two-point conversion. So the Raiders came within inches of winning that game. The Broncos lost three of the previous four. Their one win in between those being a 20-19 to 19 win in Denver. Cody, you have to go all the way back to, let's see here, my goodness, uh, the Peyton Manning era for a win against the Raiders on the road. So... These matchups are going to be huge. I'm glad the Broncos are starting at home against the Raiders because I feel like that you get that home field, just that momentum, right? The Broncos historically do really well opening at home. I have to look up. Uh, I'll look this up before we end the show. What's Sean Payton's home re- or record to open the season as well? But that those those things all factor in, right? So I, I'm excited to see this matchup between PS2, Devontae Adams. Excited to see how the Broncos respond to all the moves. The Raiders have made the Raiders. What have they done the last few matchups against Denver Cody? I feel like they've really set the tone in the trenches on both sides of the ball, which it's kind of been the get right game for the Raiders the last couple of years when they take on the Denver Broncos. So hopefully Sean Payton can kind of get them discouraged to start the season. Me being the Raiders, you know, in that week one game. And of course, Jimmy Garoppolo, this will be his second matchup against the Broncos in his career.
0: I mean, last year, obviously, the step in on the back, you know, Dan Orlovsky is very grateful for Jimmy G because Dan Orlovsky was made a meme for quite some time. Still, you know, till this day, people still bring it up, but Jimmy G is the more recent example. But I, I like the point that you made there in terms about setting the tone because, look, I mean, Max Crosby has absolutely kicked the door down against the Denver Broncos, which, look, that's going to be big for offseason acquisition. Mike McGlinchey, who's going to be lining up at the right tackle position. When Max Crosby lines up over there at right tackle He's going to have to command that. he's going to have to to win that matchup or negate what Max Crosby is able to do. Then there's Tyree Wilson, who was their first round pick. It's unclear whether he's going to play outside. What, you know, what about Chandler Jones? He's still there after having really a disappointing season. He's he got off. He finished the year much better than he started there. They still have talent there on that defensive line and trench warfare is is super important. That's why Josh Jacobs, when the Raiders were on the, you know, run the ball on offense were dominating the Broncos. To me, this is where I think when we talked about maybe some of the positional weaknesses that the Broncos have on this roster, the depth right now at defensive line being as big of a question mark as it is, you're going to open the season against a team that ran the ball down your throat last season and wore you down, especially on third down. I mean, they couldn't find a way to stop Josh Jacobs. If that is the case, I think Denver, these are going to be things we're going to look at obviously when we do our crossover with your boy Q once the season begins. But the trenches, this is where the game's gonna be won. And look, Denver's shaping their offensive identity to pound the rock. How does that negate what Max Crosby, Tyree Wilson, you know, Chandler Jones, these guys are able to do? And then can they open it up in the passing game when it's time to throw the football? To me, right now on paper, this is gonna be a tough matchup to open the season for Denver. You know, I think a lot of people are like, Yes, you know, the excitement, Sean Payton, it's great. But I would say, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. Let's not come in and say, okay, Denver's going to blow these guys out. Let's not come and say, hey, Denver's going to lose to the Raiders. Let's come in like, we don't know. We're so far away. We can't even talk about that right now. But I will say this. This is something that I think gives me a little bit of confidence. Sarah, when Tom Brady came to the division in the NFC South, when Sean Payton was still coaching there, what did we see after everyone's like, okay, hey, the Bucs are going to run. Obviously, they won a Super Bowl. But what happened? When they played the Saints, they struggled. Tom Brady lost against the Saints. So for me, Can Sean Payton be the great neutralizer? To me, that is a huge question that I have. I personally believe he's going to make a tremendous difference this season.
1: I think he is too, Cody. I really believe that. And we talked about on a previous episode recently that I feel like Sean Payton is really one of the most underrated acquisitions any team made all offseason. Really, I mean, he's historically a legendary head coach in terms of what he's done offensively. He's had a lot of teams with elite level defenses, including his most recent team in New Orleans. So I looked it up, Cody. Sean Payton is 8-7 and all-time in season opening games, at least as head coach of the New Orleans Saints. So nothing substantial to look at there. Almost a flip of a coin in terms of that season opening game against the Raiders if you're thinking, hey, let's look at Sean Payton's trends, whether or not this is a lock guarantee. Not necessarily, but I think obviously playing at home, a big factor. And I just think that that momentum, right? You want to come out with a chip on your shoulder. I think the Broncos will, especially against a division rival like Las Vegas. You
0: have to find a way to right the ship, right? We've talked about Kansas City, but the Raiders have been just as big of a bully for the Broncos in recent memory. They have to find a way to do it because I, I'll tell you this, and, and shout out to the Raiders because their fan base, it carries with them wherever they go. I hate, you know, it's, it's an hour and a half, two hours after the game ends. You know, I'm walking to my car in Denver or I'm walking back to the hotel in Vegas and all I hear is Raiders. Like, it's the worst... <laughs> Thing ever it's nightmare fuel it's the one Man. thing i hate to hear it's annoying hopefully denver can find a way to end that this season they've had the broncos number and rightfully so hopefully they can turn it around this upcoming season but broncos country we want to know what your thoughts are about what the broncos need to do this upcoming season against the raiders they start their season with them they end their season with them the storylines They will write themselves. They'll take care of itself as we go along and get closer to the season. But one thing we are going to talk about here as we continue to analyze the AFC West and the Broncos schedule is the Los Angeles Chargers. The Broncos and the Chargers have split the season series, what seems like the last couple of seasons, but can Denver sweep the Chargers this upcoming year? We're going to tell you why we think that is possible on today's episode, Locked on Broncos. Real quick, let me highlight something we have going on here, the Lockdown Podcast Network. If you listen to SiriusXM, you can now listen to Lockdown Broncos in your SiriusXM app every single day. Our exclusive partnership brings Lockdown Broncos to SiriusXM listeners. On top of that, once the season rolls around, there will be special promos that we'll be running where we appear on SiriusXM radio to talk about the Broncos as well. So make sure you check it out, SiriusXM and the Lockdown Podcast Network. Can the Denver Broncos sweep the Los Angeles Chargers in 2023? This is a big question considering the teams have split the season series 1-1 the last couple of seasons. Thank you so much, Broncos country, for tuning in. Making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day on your favorite podcasting provider or whether you watch on YouTube, subscribe so you never miss out on an episode as soon as it's made available. Sarah, Let's get into this conversation here against the Chargers. 2022 against L.A. was a very, very interesting story. Obviously, for the Chargers, they were a playoff team. They are led by a really, really good young quarterback in Justin Herbert. They have wide receiver talent all around them. Denver first took them on last week last year in week six on Monday Night Football, and they got off to a 10-0 lead. And all of a sudden, we're all sitting here like, okay, hey, you know what? Denver, Denver's got this. Denver looks good. The offense is turning around. You got Billy Turner starting at tackle. Oh, you got Greg Dulcich making his debut, and he looks so fantastic. And then everything just went on. You know, Austin Eckler, the Chargers controlled the time of possession that game. Justin Herbert threw, I think, 57 times. But what des- what decided the game for Denver, this is the game where Russ tore his hamstring, unfortunately. What decided the game was, in overtime, an unfortunate muff punt return by Montreal Washington mm-hmm. gave the Chargers, the ball, and their injured field goal kicker booted in the game winner. And I just remember being in the press box, and I was like, "Man, it was just a deflating effort because the defense was crazy." Alex Singleton, twenty-one tackles, and unfortunately, you know, it was a, it was a disappointing loss, and it was one that really I think impacted the locker room. I, I remember how quiet it was in that locker room going in there after the game. Sarah. Denver's going to have to find a way to avoid that. But here's the thing, though: the Broncos do not play the chargers until later on in the season. That right there, I think is a very, very interesting
1: point because it's going to be really to wrap up the year. You take care of conference play and division play. Right. And they're going to need to finish that season. Well, in terms of what's your division record going to be at that point, right? You're going to have already had three division games against the Raiders, two against the chiefs. So you got to be able to come up against the chargers and take care of business. I, Cody, I am I find myself being tugged two different directions when it comes to the Chargers. On the one hand, you have to have respect for what Justin Herbert can do as a superstar quarterback in this league. He's a game changer, and he's the type of guy that, man, any given day he can go out there and throw for 400, 450 yards and four touchdowns against any defense. He's that good. But at the same time, it, this team just feels so weird to me. Like if I'm looking at it from a – this is take the Broncos – aspect out of this I see the Chargers as a team that their coach is very much on the hot seat you're changing offenses your best offensive player besides Herbert maybe doesn't even want to be there right now being Austin Eckler who requested a trade has not yet gotten it but we'll see as the season gets closer I just don't know where this team is the Khalil Mack thing that that whole move to get him in did that really work out Joey Bosa, how many games is he even going to play? Same question for Derwin James. The Chargers are such a strange team to me, and I I didn't like their pick, Quentin Johnston, in the first round of the draft. I thought they should have gone after a different receiver there because, man, that seems just like a, a one-for-one with Mike Williams, a guy whose best thing that he can do is run straight and and maybe catch the ball downfield, maybe play make a play after the catch. So obviously Mike Williams has developed into a a bit more of a diverse, diverse player than that of what he was at Clemson anyway. But I just, Cody, I don't know where I land with the Chargers. So I do think the Broncos could maybe come away with a sweep this season.
0: And you know what? Your first game is going to be on the road in LA. I believe it's week 14. And you really have to ask yourself, you know, what's, what's the storyline going to be for Denver at this point? You know, what players are they going to have available? Are they going to have anybody, you know, that's a key player for them injured, you know, or the same thing for the Chargers it's nice to maybe look at the storylines right now because we're we're here, you know, in the month of May and there's nothing going on from a football standpoint outside of minicamp beginning a little bit later this week for the Broncos. But it's nice to kind of look at these storylines right now because when we come up in that first week 14 matchup against the Chargers is here, we're gonna be sitting here and we're gonna be like, okay, remember in May we were talking about where's this team going to be? I can't wait to have that question answered here because Week 14, I mean, you, you hope your offense is clicking. You hope you're, you're healthy. Knock on wood, that's been a huge thing for Denver. But also at the same time, the Chargers. I mean, I, I look at Denver and I look at, you know, the Chargers. The Chargers historically have been cursed with injuries. Denver last year was hit with the injury bug as well. Same thing with L.A. But the fact that Denver, and what gives me a little bit of promise, is that Denver, despite everything kind of stacked against them, right? Either final two weeks of the season, you had Jerry Rosberg stepping into the interim. You almost beat Kansas City the week prior and then you're you're facing a team who's already in the playoffs, have secured their seed in the LA Chargers and they're playing their starters and we're sitting there like why is Justin Herbert still playing? They've a win or a loss isn't going to change their position in terms of seeding. They're already locked in as the 5th seed in the AFC playoff picture and they're playing into the fourth quarter. Mike Williams gets injured, but Denver does that without key guys, without Draymond Jones, without DJ Jones being one of those guys. You know, even without, you know, Damari Mathis, who was out with a concussion, you had Jaquan McMillan stepping in and starting on the outside opposite of Patrick Sertan. To me, I look at this and I say, I think Denver right now, while both teams got better, I feel like Denver on paper is in a much better place right now than the Los Angeles Chargers. And that could change because after this upcoming season, their salary cap wise, they're going to have to make some tough decisions, especially with, with Bosa and Khalil Mack. So for me. This is a big series for the Broncos, not to mention toward the end of the season. You need to take care of conference play and division play because this is where tiebreakers, this is where seeding is so crucial. And if Denver's in the playoff hunt, in the wildcard hunt, or if they're leading the division, this is monumental for them is this stretch against, you know, obviously the Chargers twice in the
1: span of about five, six weeks. And then you close out with the Raiders. Absolutely huge. And you never know. I mean, could that series of games there determine the future of Brandon Staley? In Los Angeles, yes. right? Remember all the rumors after the season this past year were like, well, oh, Sean Payton is going to be the head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers, right? And uh, we've seen how that worked out there. So maybe there's a little uh, chip on Sean's shoulder, too, if he assumed that that was going to go down, like they were going to fire Brandon Staley, bring him in, you know, make it a little easy transition from Fox to the Chargers organization. I don't know. Uh, I, I mean, I just hope the Broncos come up against these division rivals in general, Cody. I've been searching throughout this episode because when we were talking earlier about the Chiefs, I've been searching for this photo that I have on my phone. I don't know if you guys can see this. If you're watching on YouTube, it's a picture of me, a selfie of me and Alex Smith. This is how long ago the Broncos beat the Kansas City Chiefs, Cody. There's DVR in this photo, and you can see how confused Alex Smith. Alex Smith was the quarterback of the game. He's like, what's going on here? I, I I guess for some reason, maybe subliminally, I knew I needed to document that moment. But that's how long ago it was. There was DVR in the picture here, and uh, I mean, it's just the, the Broncos have struggled far too long against the AFC West. I remember for a large part of my upbringing as a fan, it was the Chargers, El- Ladainian Tomlinson, yep. Phillip Rivers, Antonio Gates. Vincent They're Jackson. dominating the AFC West. Vincent, ja- yeah, all those guys. They were, they were so good. And then, you know, obviously the Raiders had their moment in the early 2000s, but they've kind of been in the cellar dweller for a while up until recently against the Broncos these last five, six, seven years. The Broncos haven't had that stretch since Peyton Manning of just just pure dominance, right? So get back to beating the, the AFC West is, is a, a division where, man, if you can come out on top of the AFC West or even if you can trade barbs with your division mates there, Kansas City, Las Vegas, Los Angeles, you're going to be battle-tested and ready for the postseason, especially if you can get one on Kansas City in the regular season to know that you can beat a team like that. Just imagine the confidence I would give a locker room going into the playoffs. And I I, I can't, I, I mean, look at how much confidence it's given the Cincinnati Bengals to be able to go into the AFC Championship game last year, dubbing Arrowhead as Burrowhead. I mean, how much confidence does it give you to beat the Chiefs uh, one or two times? I mean, it's just, they are the gold standard of the NFL and the Broncos have to do everything in their power to finally get back on the board against KC this year. A wise man once said, to be the man, you've got to beat the man. Woo! Wow. Anyways, outside of that, though,
0: I'm, I probably just ruptured everybody's eardrums here listening to the podcast. I'm sorry, Broncos country. Please forgive me on that one here. Well, Broncos country, thank you so much for tuning in and watching Lockdown Broncos are listening wherever you get your podcast to today's episode. Thanks for making us your first listen of the day as we broke down the AFC West. Can the Broncos finally dethrone the Kansas City Chiefs and reclaim the division? That's a big hope in the eyes of many who are listening and watching this podcast here. On top of that. Tomorrow's episode of the show. For all you everydayers out there, we're going to take a look at the ghosts of girlfriends past the Broncos. When they face the AFC East, there's a ton of familiar faces that will be returning to Denver or that Denver will be taking on on the road. You'll get that and much more. Tomorrow's brand new.